Hello, DGENs. Welcome to Degenerate Takes. I am the Brofect One, AJ. With me, as always, is my co-host, Noah. Follow me on Instagram, at Brofect One, Noah, at N underscore Engelbretson. And however you're listening, however you're watching, Spotify, YouTube, um, clips on Instagram, clips on Twitter, at Degenerate, at Degen Takes. Go ahead, look us up. But again, we do thank you, and uh, please like, share, and subscribe. It does help us against those evil algorithms that we are constantly fighting against. Noah, hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> because I don't man, know about you. Dude. I am, uh, I am, I am still feeling my feeling of nirvana from college oh. football being back. It's, it's been electric. There's been a ton of good games. Um, I, I don't know about you. I don't know if it's just because of you know, everything that's been going on with COVID or if like this week one was just way more exciting than a normal week one. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I'm no, like, like we said the last time we were on the air, I am, I, I have not been this hype for college football in a long time and it did not disappoint. It delivered on all fronts, every game. Like there was a game on that mattered at every single hour, every single minute. If you didn't like what game was on, Oh, let me go over to the next game. That really is important. Um, I mean, Dude, just such a good weekend. Great week one matchup. So shout out to the scheduling committee for getting that done and getting that together because they really gave us a strong week one with full college football. And we're back. We're back. We're back. Here we go. Noah, week one, give me your initial take. What's your first first thing that comes to your head when I say week one college football from this weekend? Um, I mean... One of the biggest things for me was the uh, top ten. I mean, there was there were a couple teams in there that looked looked really good, but um, there's reason to be scared for more than half of those teams. There's reason to worry. I mean, I I'd imagine the top ten based on week one might be a little bit of an early overreaction, but. I wouldn't be surprised if the top 10 we have at the end of the year looks much different with only three or four of these teams still in it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And looking at the top 10 right now, I mean, we have Alabama number one, Oklahoma number two, Clemson number three, Ohio State four, Georgia five. That's a strong top five right there. However, you start looking at the Oklahomas, the Clemsons. I mean, honestly, even Ohio State after how they performed on Thursday night, um, shout out to Minnesota, re- almost rowing the boat all the way to a victory and a big upset. Um, how was that game, by the way? You were there. How was that? I was there, man, and it, it was electric. Yeah, electric atmosphere. I I have, um, you know, growing up going to that games. There's only one other time that I've seen the stadium full like that and popping like that. And that was uh, two years ago in 2019 um, against Penn State when you, when both teams were undefeated going into that matchup. Uh, obviously, Minnesota won that game. I was at that game as well. It was, a you know, the best, the greatest football game I've been at live, um, like to this day, that Penn State game was. Uh, the energy for this game totally matched that. Um, it was tremendous. And... You know, God, those those all black uniforms, those are new this year, and oh, 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 I clean, love them. Clean, bro. I love them. So clean. Definite, like, definite, like, you know, 
you know, Sith, um, Sith, Sith Lord Empire, whatever shit vibe going on there. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, it's intimidating. I I love, that's, I think what I love most about it is those all blacks are intimidating. And I think that's one thing that's kind of overlooked in college sports in general, actually, is just how intimidating and how good your uniforms need to look. Because I I truly do believe that the uniforms at some point do add something to the team. You look at an or we'll get to Oregon later, but you look at their uniforms and everything with Nike, they are always looking clean. They always look good. And they always, most of the time, show up and play football. Um, same with this Minnesota, Minnesota team. Those are just some mean-looking jerseys. This adds a little bit extra grit. I do think that jerseys are kind of overlooked when it comes to game planning and strategizing for a game like that. I bet you P.J. Fleck was in there. He was in his office. He was brewing up. Well, how how do we row the boat and make it scary? Let's, let's put it all in black. Let's go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Minnesota, as a Minnesota fan, um, you should be – I would be very optimistic looking at how they played that game against a number four Ohio State. Um, it really didn't seem like Ohio State got off to a good start whatsoever. They had their um, redshirt freshman starting. Um, the name is escaping me right now. He did okay, but I think you're going to see some bumps in the road that you won't see from an Alabama or something after um, the hit their draft class took. Yeah, I mean, that game, it was – you know, in a lot of ways, I felt like Minnesota's play calling was a little too conservative, um, especially late in the third quarter and into the fourth. They were running the ball a lot more than I thought they should be. Um, obviously, the Muhammad Ibrahim injury, you know, that was that was terrible. You know, you got a guy who won um, the award for Big Ten running back of the year last year, uh, probably a top 10 running back in all of college football. Um, he they haven't said exactly what the injury is. They finally came out today, said it was a lower leg injury. He's out for the season. My guess is a, a torn Achilles is what I think happened. Um, so that that's a huge loss. And that kind of um, changed the momentum a little bit when that happened, I felt like. Mm, most definitely. But um, other, other than that, I think the big thing was just uh, the, the secondary for Minnesota. They just couldn't compete with um, those Ohio State receivers. Between uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, it was just too much to handle. Um, most of Ohio State's points came on, you know, big explosive, like big yard plays. And um, you know, I don't, I don't think their quarterback um, Stroud, I think is Stroud, his last yeah. name, CJ Stroud. Stroud. Um, he didn't look overly impressive to me, um, honestly. But those receivers just. Clearly, they, you know, were they're just athletically better, you know, skill-wise better than the Minnesota secondary, and that showed. Okay. And that was ultimately the the big difference maker. Yeah, most definitely. Just watching them, if you've never seen a football game before in your life, you can take a look at the, that receiving core and watch them run a couple of routes and be like, yeah, no, those guys, those guys are, they're really good at what they do. And we're going to see them, I think, this season continue to be really good at what they do and like you were saying one being uh three four teams probably that we'll see at the end of the year in this top 10 that we see this week i think that ohio state is one of those teams that could definitely um stay in that top 10 for a while especially if you know if that receiving core can keep popping off like it is and just keep making easy throws for their young quarterback yeah i mean 
Um, you know, the, the thing for me is, you know, their over under for wins was 11 and a half this season. So it's, you know, basically Vegas was sitting, you know, either they're losing no games or they lose one game um, through, through their regular season schedule. And, you know, Minnesota gave them a real run for their money. Yes. So I'm optimistic about what Minnesota can do, um, especially with, you know, a lot of the Big Ten West losing this week. Yeah, it was a lot of them. Uh, Minnesota's got a pretty, Minnesota's got a pretty easy schedule outside of Ohio State. I mean, this is the toughest game of the year for them. And they, they held their own. And I think, you know, you know, you also look at the other side of that with Ohio State. Um, I kind of, I kind of think they might lose the game. You know, uh, Penn State would be obviously the probably greatest chance of like Penn State will be the toughest game that Ohio State has, and uh, that'll be one to that'll be one to circle on your calendars because that, uh, especially after seeing Penn State, Wisconsin, Penn State going and beat Wisconsin yeah. in Wisconsin. Um, by the way. Camp Randall, so much respect for, you know, that stadium. It looks so electric. Oh, man. Um, you know, do not go there if you're an opposing fan because it can get nasty. But um, that that stadium is – that stadium and that environment is one of – probably one of the top ten in college football. It's pretty crazy. Oh, I can only imagine. It looked electric on TV, like – I think that's probably going to be our word of the year is electric, just how electric everything is looking. But with that being said, let's go into the Penn State-Wisconsin game because this Penn State team, Penn State might be back, dude. Like, they might be back playing competitive football, showing up, showing out. I had Penn State to cover. I had Penn State to win. Um, did that outright. We love seeing that, 16-10 to 10 being the final score. Um, this Penn State team, they seem like the real deal. They really do seem like they're here to show up and show out. And don't get me wrong, it was a close game with Wisconsin, but not really till the end when Wisconsin finally got cooking a little bit, scoring a touchdown and a field goal in the fourth quarter. Um, but besides that, defense on both sides of the ball, incredible. I mean, I'm sorry, for both teams, incredible. That, that was a very defensive-heavy game. And those defenses, I think, are going to cause a lot of problems um, for whoever they play the rest of the season. With that being said, I think Wisconsin is going to suffer offensively I don't know what it was but they just weren't clicking offensively whatsoever um and obviously that hurt them that Penn State defense I think could just hold on a little bit better than the Wisconsin one could yeah I mean unfortunately I was betting wise on the other side of that I I had Wisconsin uh minus three and a half that did not pan out in my favor um my biggest takeaway from this is Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin quarterback. I don't, I don't, I think we're going to get the same Graham Mertz that we had last year where he had like three tremendous games where he's thrown for 400 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. But outside of those three games, he played poorly last year. And um, I think it's going to be the same thing this year. You know, he's going to have those huge explosive games where he's like playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the nation which is going to keep him the starting job, but he's also going to have these like bad games. Um, I don't know what his stat line was, but I think he had, I think one touchdown, two interceptions maybe. And so, I don't know what the yardage and completions were, but. So looking at a stat line right now, actually um, he was 22 for. Th so you look at his line. It's not bad. 22 for 37, 22 of 37, 
185 yards, uh, zero tutties, um, <laughs> two interceptions, and uh, 18 and a half. Um, oh, QB he didn't yards. even have a touchdown. No, he did not have a tutty. Well, yeah. Yeah, so you look at his line, and, you know, the completion percentage doesn't matter because he was, you know, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 18 and a half QBR. That's, that's terrible. Um, you know, and especially with how close that game was, uh, you want, you know, if you want to scapegoat, obviously there's other things going on, but if you want to scapegoat and you're a Wisconsin fan or, or you bet on Wisconsin, you know, definitely look at Graham Mertz. I mean, there's, that's, you know, case A right there. It is, it is. And it'll be interesting to see if he can develop and maybe get out of that funk and have four good games this year instead of just three. Um, but if he can't, this Wisconsin team's going to suffer. Um, but Penn State, hey, let's go, well, for a, let's go for a run here. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's good enough that they're not going to, you know, suffer. But, um, you know, they're in reality looking at about a eight or nine win season. Um, I don't see them bouncing back and ripping off their next 11 wins after this one. I just can't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, I'll love it. That's 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 a, that's a lot to ask, to ask for, but it'll be interesting to see what they do going into the postseason and how they're handled there. Um, if not this year, I think next year we could see this team be a consistent top ten um, going into next season. But we'll see how that all plans out. Um, all right, I've been I've been holding it back for as long as I could, uh, but I gotta talk I gotta talk real quick about probably what I'm most excited for coming out of week one of college football. Noah, they're back, dude. They're back. Texas football. <laughs> they were never gone. Oh, 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 I thought, I thought you were, sorry. I, I thought you were going for Alabama there for a second. I was oh, going to no, say they were never Alabama. gone. They're, but, okay. they've, they've always been here. They're going to stay here. Nick Saban's going to be doing that <laughs> until he can't, until the wheelchair will fucking break. Probably that man's got another, 40 titles in his I, I misread that. I misread that there. No. That was my bad. All good. But Texas football is finally back, dude. I'm so happy, dude. Because when Texas football does good, that's just better football all around. And honest to God, I feel bad for Mr. Uh, what is he? The director of culture, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> or some shit like that. That poor guy. That poor guy has been waving that flag and carrying that banner it's, for as long uh, as he could. Pr- professor. Professor. Professor McConaughey. Professor McConaughey. Minister of Culture. Minister of Culture. Gotcha. He's the Minister of Culture. And that is the uh, that is the actual title that he has at the University of Texas. If you guys didn't know, he is literally the school dubbed him the Minister of Culture. He and he is. Let's be real. He keeps that going. He keeps he beats that drum until it breaks, and then he gets a new drum to beat it some more. But finally, finally, after seeing what they did to the Ragin' Cajuns, dude, they're back. I'm, I'm calling it right now. They're about to go on a run for the next couple years. Texas football is all the way back. And especially in the next couple of years, making that move to the SEC, they couldn't be, be, they couldn't be back at a better time because this is just going to set them up. They're going to go into the SEC, and then Bama's going to be like, oh, shit, we, we have some competition now because Texas football is back. Woo. <laughs> Cannot wait. Cannot wait. But they did beat yeah. the Raging Cajuns. Uh, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you know, obviously a uh, ranked matchup that they absolutely blew them out. Um, I kind of figured they would. I had Texas minus nine and a half in this game. Um, 
you know, Bijan Robinson, one of my favorites for the Heisman. Um, I think he, he opened the season at I think plus 2,500 or something like that. Uh, I think I mentioned that was a really good bet. Sprinkle some on Bijan for Heisman in one of our previous episodes. You know, he had, uh, I think, 170-something total yards, uh, rushing and receiving combined, two touchdowns. He looked decent, uh, had an injury scare, uh, was out for a couple drives there, came back, luckily, uh, nothing serious. So I'm super excited for Bijan still. Um, I think this is one of the better defenses they're going to have to play all year, and he still had 100 and 78 yards or whatever it was and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, this dude's going to go off. There's going to be some games um, like when Texas gets to play, you know, Kansas, I'm assuming Kansas is on their schedule, you know, look for him to have like 12 carries for 200 yards and four touchdowns, you know, putting up those, putting up those high school numbers. Um, So I'm super excited for that. Uh, As far as Texas being back, I'm not ready to jump on that yet. I, I got to see him play some more like marquee teams and and figure that out. I mean they they didn't they didn't get it going until the second half. I mean they you don't need to get it going until the second half. No one gives a shit what the score is at, until the end of the game. You know I don't give a shit if those points are coming in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. As long as I get those points, we're good to go. <laughs> so I, I I mean they they look they looked. Like they deserve to be in the top 25, um, even you know, based on other teams' performances. They look like they deserve to be top 15, but I'm not going to go farther than that with them right now, not until I see more. Uh, I need a larger sample size before I can jump on the Texas's back. It's the same thing as the Cowboys fans saying they're going to win this or make going to go to the Super Bowl every single year. Texas, whoa, 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 whoa. for years, the Texas fans, they see one win at the beginning of the season. They're like, Texas is back. And uh, guess what? For like a decade, they have not been back. Okay. So first of all, I will not stand for the blasphemy of comparing the Dallas Cowboys to Texas football. How dare you? How dare you? No, that that, that Dallas team... There are so many other issues there. You can just take a look at them and know that they're gonna they're gonna lose the NFC least, and it's terrible. Whereas you look at Texas, I'm, you can oh, watch I'm, a I'm, game I'm, of Texas. AJ, 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 I'm. I'm just. I'm, saying. I'm not comparing the two teams. I'm okay. comparing. I'm comparing the mind the mindset of the fans. Texas oh, football okay. fans saying Texas is back after seeing one win is the same as Cowboys fans saying they're going to make it to the Super Bowl every single year because both of them have a long track record of saying that every single year, and it's not true every single year. I'll give you that. And, and maybe that'll change. I'm not saying it won't change this year. I'm just saying I need a larger sample size of this year's team before I can, you know, agree that Texas football is back. But I do love Steve Sarkeesian. I love Bijan Robinson. I think this team is headed in the right direction, maybe finally doing better than an eight-win season. But, That'd be nice. um, you know, I, I got I to gotta see more games for that, like, before I can make that, um, you know, make that call. All right, all right, all right. You can, you can, you can wait on it, but I'm going to jump on that right here, right now. Texas is all the way back. Hook them. Let's keep it moving. Um, another team that I guess you can say is back, but didn't really leave. Um, I don't, I didn't expect them to be bad or take a step back after uh, the draft this year or anything. But um, of course I'm referring to number one, Alabama beating uh, number 14, Miami 44 to 13. 
I mean, it's Alabama football. What else? What else is there to really say about this? You know, they got another guy at quarterback. Those receivers are ready to be in the NFL yesterday. Like, it's just going to be another year of Alabama just absolutely mollywopping teams. You know, they might take a bad beat here or there, but I mean, look for them to go undefeated. I really don't see anything uh, preventing that. Yeah, I mean, God, dude, they look. They made my. They made number fourteen ranked Miami look like a JUCO team. They made him look foolish. Dude. And I do think Miami was. I do think Miami was ranked too high going into the season. Um, that kind of surprised me when I first saw that, and they were ranked fourteen because they haven't really done anything in recent years to like warrant that. Obviously, Miami, like you know, historically pretty decent, but. Um, I was surprised by that, but either way, I mean, they made them look like a JUCO team. Yeah. I like, mean, it was bad. And, and uh, I mean, Miami's probably better than at least half of the SEC. And, I man, I whew, Bama doesn't play Georgia during the regular season. I mean... I don't know that they're going to lose a game. Yeah. Uh, you know what? They want you know, 12, 12 and 0 plus the SEC championship plus the two playoff games. So 15 and 0 last year. I, I, I think they do 15 and 0 again this year and they're winning 30 straight football games. It's unreal. It's unreal what Nick Saban I, has built down I, there. Like, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what their championship odds are at right now. Um, probably worse right now than like I. I took them like mid-season last year at plus four fifty, but last year like you know there were more question marks. It felt more like competitive, but I took them at plus four fifty last year. I bet they're I bet they're shorter odds than plus four fifty right now. I mean they were they're just they're just head and shoulders above any other team in college football. I don't. I mean, you you're, you got to have a perfect game plan and have all the stars aligned to beat this Bama team. Yeah, and then you need to get lucky. You need COVID to hit. You need something. You need something to get Alabama off there, um, off of that, off of just what they're on, I, dude. I think without just... a COVID, I think with, I mean, I'm telling you, I think without a COVID outbreak, I don't think this team loses a game this year. I think they go perfect, you know, 12 and 0, win the SEC championship, uh, beating Georgia. That'll be Georgia's only loss, most likely. Um, Georgia comes in at the playoff as number four. They get to play Georgia two weeks in a row or two games in a row. Uh, you know, beat Georgia twice in a row and then, uh, you know, play whoever the hell else is there. You know, probably Ohio State or I don't even I, I mean, I don't even know. Texas, Texas A&M might be the Texas A&M and Georgia might be the only teams that can actually challenge this Alabama team. Yeah, absolutely. And I say yeah. challenge. They'll they will they will be a you know six seven point underdog playing Alabama, but but those are probably the only two teams I could see beating them. Yeah, I have to agree. Before the especially... playoff. Sorry. Oh, um, yeah. No, I have to. I can't agree with you more. Um, especially after watching Georgia beat um Clemson this weekend. What a like Georgia looks good. That that is a tough defense walking into any week, home or away. Um, that Georgia team looks like they're ready to go for a run. And 
you know, they, they honestly made Clemson look a little foolish <laughs> on um, Saturday. And so, I don't know. I think Georgia – I think you're right. I think they have the best chance to beat Alabama. But uh, I don't know. Does this mean Clemson's done? Like, are we just seeing a bad Clemson team this year? Or is Georgia really this good? Um. Well, Clemson's an interesting situation. I'll start with that uh, before I dive into Georgia because I do have more to say about Georgia than I do Clemson. This loss with how weak Clemson's schedule is this year might be enough to keep them out of the playoffs. They might finish us at number five or number six team because of this loss because they are only going to have maybe um, you know, I, I need, I don't know my, their schedule in front of me, but they probably only have one or two other games against ranked teams. Their resume that they put forward is not going to be enough. Cause if you have, you're going to have three sec teams. It looks like that are going to be well deserving that are, that are going to be above Clemson for, you know, in, in the pecking order, you know, you're going to have Alabama, you're going to have Georgia who has a win over Clemson and then Texas A&M will be another one of those where if they lose two games, Clemson is, is above them. But if Texas A&M only loses one game and that one loss is to Alabama, Texas is one loss to Alabama just because of strength of schedule way outweighs Clemson's one loss record uh, with their loss being to Georgia and then, you know, and then you got the big, you know, Big Ten, Ohio State, uh, probably. Basically, the Big Ten is like either it's Ohio State or whoever beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game is going to get in because the Big Ten has enough influence, is a tough enough conference. So you're talking minimum two SEC teams. I, I doubt they put three, but probably two SEC teams, Ohio State, and then Clemson's battling with a couple other teams for that last spot, maybe. But um, so I think it's really true. You know, this could eliminate them from the playoff contention. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely. Their I, offensive line looked terrible, by the way. Their offensive line looked horrendous. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't lose another game to like a North Carolina or Virginia Tech or something like that. Maybe a Miami. I don't know. Yeah. That. That that O line, dude, it looked like some sh- shit out of Pop Warner. Like they just got a bunch of Pop Warner guys that were big enough and threw them out there. Like they did not look like a unit. They didn't look. They couldn't protect. They couldn't protect an egg, bro. Like it was just bad football, left, right, and center for that O line. They're definitely running a shit ton this week. So R.I.P. to their legs and that stuff. But this Georgia team, like I mean, this is a real deal, dude. Like you said. Very can um, can compete with Alabama, looking good on that end. Um, although, and again, like you said earlier, this top ten is just crazy because I think now Georgia's going to definitely jump up a bunch, especially with that win over Clemson. But then, especially with how Oklahoma played against Tulane this weekend, um, beating them forty to thirty-five, it was a close game all the way. Um, Tulane did have to move their game to Oklahoma due to uh, the hurricane. Um, so that should have been a home game, not a home game. No, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, and 
as an Oklahoma person, should we be concerned whatsoever? And is this Rattler guy, uh, is he actually Heisman material? Is he actually starting quarterback material? Yeah, I mean, Rattler's, Rattler's really good. Um, he's also a fucking douche and his head is so far up his ass. So I don't like him personally, but that is, you know, objectively skill wise. Yeah, he's, he's really good. He had, I think, a, a pick, maybe two um, in this that kept the game a little bit closer. Um, but I mean, Oklahoma giving up 35 points to Tulane. And man, I think Tulane wins this game if they played it in New Orleans instead of Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. If absolutely. they had their home crowd, if they had their home crowd there, and especially a school like Tulane, like, you know how Tulane is. I mean, it would be raucous there, that home crowd. They'd be so loud. Um, yeah, I think Oklahoma gets upset week. Week one, if uh, if this game actually, if there was no hurricane coming through, and uh, if Tulane was at home, so I mean, congrats on the win, Oklahoma. I personally think you got saved by a hurricane. Oh yeah, but that's just my opinion on it. No, yeah, this Oklahoma team. And, let me um, tell you. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. By the way, I looked it up. Georgia seven sacks. Seven sacks and eight tackles for losses. So that Clemson offensive line, uh, yeah, they they better figure it out, or or that team's gonna be in trouble. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, know how many laps around but, the track that's gonna take to fix that, but whew, that's gonna be rough to fix. But kind of like this, there, there's no number. There's no number that's gonna <laughs> fix it. Hey, one lap for every tackle, one lap for every sack. That's a lot, a lot of miles right there. Um. But yeah, this Oklahoma team, like you said, I do think this is a win if this is played at home in Tula- for Tula- with Tulane. Um, I this is going to be a team that I'm going to be watching for the season. And if I can find like if there is a line that you know Vegas is just a little too comfortable with Oklahoma or something, you jump on that dog because this Oklahoma team does seem very vulnerable and doesn't seem like a top five team. Yeah. I, I I would agree based on week one and um, you know the interesting thing all the buzz uh, coming into this season you know nobody was denying that Alabama was going to be really good nobody was denying that Alabama deserved the number one seed but you had a lot of people saying you know Oklahoma will have a good chance at you know making the playoff and then at a championship, Oklahoma's going to just, swoop, you know, sweep through the Big 12, nobody standing in their way, easy. Um, people saying, Georgia, you know, they're, you know, they're going to give Alabama a good run for their money, which Georgia's offense, I do not buy into that at all. Their defense, like I said, may be the best in college football, but their offense, I mean, putting up three points in a game, like that's, that's fucking terrible. Terrible. Um, Clemson. You know, if they had beaten Georgia and ran through the ACC like they probably will, that's a zero, you know, zero loss team. There you go, you know, whatever. Uh, Ohio State. Um, I don't, I don't know if 
I don't know if I'm worried about Ohio State or just very hype on Minnesota at this point. I, I can't make my mind up on that. And maybe that's because I'm a homer. You know, it's you know, I grew up cheering for Minnesota, but you know, I think there's a lot of good things to look at for Minnesota. I think Ohio State's still a very good team. I don't know that there's really reason for concern with them yet. But yeah, I mean, talking about you know, you, you're bringing up the top five here. They look pretty shaky to me um i just i don't know that i don't know who's going to be able to compete with alabama and oklahoma looks a little nerve-wracking right now obviously you don't want to have a five-point at-home victory against a unranked team when you're ranked number two um like if you're any of those other teams in the top five i don't think you're i don't think you're happy i don't think you're optimistic about what's going down. And if you're Alabama, you're just sitting there like, like you are every year, like, well, you know, we're in the driver's seat. <laughs> this is our title to lose. Honestly. And it, it is, that, it's that way again, and it's going to continue to be that way until people don't want to go to Alabama, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret right well, now. Well, until Sab until Sab until Saban retires or dies, you know, but that'll, you know, he might be there until he dies, until he's 90 years old. Okay, you might as well roll out of bed. I don't know. I mean, you just, he, like, it's kind of on autopilot for him at this point. He just kind of rolls out of bed and wins a national t title. And then, you know, eat, sleep, repeat. <laughs> it's crazy what he can do there. Um, but outside of the top five, I like, you know, like you were saying, um, Alabama is going to be the strong one that entire there. Um, that entire year. Ohio State is probably going to make its way in there. If Oklahoma can figure it out, they can stay in the top three, but I don't have them staying in the top 10 and um, throughout the season through the end of the year. I think they'll stay ranked, but just looking a little too shaking for me, I really think. Um, oh, I, I I think they, I think they fall to three this week. Oh, they have to. They ha like, because I, I think Georgia, well, Georgia is going to jump up to number two. Alabama is going to stay at one. Um, you know, Oklahoma fall to three. I don't think they fall farther than that. Ohio State will, you know, stay at four. Probably would be my guess. Um, I don't think Clemson's going to fall farther than like six, mm -hmm. even though they looked embarrassingly bad. But uh, I, you could see you could see Texas A&M move up. Which, if you're looking at the teams who are ranked six through ten. Um, they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but then they came out, you know, guns firing in all cylinders and, you know, they, they look good. They look good. I, I, I think that's a team that there's no reason to be concerned. Obviously you had a quarterback who hasn't started before coming in. So a slow start could be expected, but they figured it out. They look good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, uh, I mean, I was, I, but Iowa State at seven, man. They, I don't, I don't know. Well, there was, that was a close call with a FCS team. Very close, very close call for a little too close to comfort, in my opinion. Um, but with that being said, uh, with the top ten, the huge shakeup coming in the next couple hours, probably um, a team that's looking to move in to get into that top ten. Um, and you know, while we're wrapping up here, we got to 
think about the Pac-12 and Oregon at number 11 with their win over Fresno State. Not an impressive victory by any means, only winning uh, 31 to 24. Um, but Oregon being, you know, they won, and I just wasn't, I wasn't impressed. Um, and I don't think that has anything to do with me being a U of A fan or whatever, but, like, I just wasn't impressed with Oregon. I thought this game was sloppy. Um, I think they need to tighten it up on defense. You can't be letting Fresno State put up 24 points against you when you're trying to get into the top 10. Um, and then, you know, 14, 7, and 10 points in the fourth quarter, you got to be able to put up more. Um, and you need that defense to hold. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely one of the better teams out of the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 outside of Oregon and UCLA doesn't really um, butter any biscuits of mine. Um, even USC at 15, I think that's an overranked team. Um, ASU being ranked in general is a joke. Uh, but yeah, what are your general thoughts on the uh, Pac-12 and um, that situation going into the rest of the season? Uh, <laughs> the Pac-12 looked very bad. Um, that's, you know, that's the bottom line with it. They did not look good. Uh, obviously, UCLA kind of saving face for the conference. I hate that I'm saying that UCLA is saving face for the conference, but I mean, out of our ranked teams, like Utah took care of business. Um, nothing too impressive. They they did what they did. It was, you know, fine, whatever. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. They didn't like blow anybody out of the water. They didn't, you know, look bad. Um, Arizona State, kind of the same. Um, you know, whatever. They blew out Southern Utah. Who cares? And then you got, you know, you got Oregon flirting with overtime with Fresno State. That was, you know, and, and it taking a, you know, last minute drive to beat them in regulation. That's a bad look for a team that's ranked number 11, oh, yeah. especially one that a lot of people were talking about going into the season about the fact that they were, you know, they're underrated. Oh, this Oregon team is going to be way better than people think. Like they should have been in the top 10, not number 11, yada, yada, yada. Screw that. They're, they're staying out of the top 10, yeah. despite, you know, a couple teams in front of them losing because they're going to get leapfrogged by people below them. And they deserve to. Yeah, um, they really do. you know, USC looked USC looked decent. Um, I'll give it to them. Actually, shout out Pac-12 South. Uh, Pac-12 South, you know, went in five out of their six games. Uh, Pac-12 North going one and five. So, oh, and no, complete wait, opposites there. For those who don't, who are out there and don't know, who was the uh, one loss for the Pac-12 South? Uh, it would be Arizona. They but we covered. Suck. But we covered. I know, but still, I got. Like, but, but we covered. <laughs> you know the saying: "Good, good teams win; great teams, teams cover." Covered. So absolutely. Oh. You know who didn't cover? You know who didn't cover? Who? Arizona State. Arizona yeah, State no. did not cover, and they we did. So. Cover. Thank you, Utah. <laughs> um, um, sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, anyways, you know, obviously UCLA, huge win over LSU. Um, I think people just are overrating LSU since they won the national championship. Like LSU was ranked number six to start last year. 
and they like barely went 500 and were not even in the rankings at the end of the year. You know, they didn't as aggressively rank them this year, but it was 16. I think people, because of one season that was just a fairy tale season, I think people just are overestimating like where LSU is and what Coach O is going to do, you know. But um, I think the biggest story of the week, though, with the Pac 12, number 20 ranked Washington, losing 13 to 7 at home to the, the University of Montana. <laughs> That's a mouthful right there. That's also legit. <sighs> like, come on. <laughs> Can we not? Can the Pac-12 not do anything right when it comes to football? This is just embarrassing, dude. How do you how do you go out there? Uh, and just well, no you know, like I said, ever. without you, with if UCLA had not won that game, if it was reversed, if UCLA lost by eleven to LSU, one of the main storylines in college football would just be completely obliterating oh, and shitting on the Pac-12. It would have been ruthless, dude. The Pac-12 would have been buried and it would have been very hard to come out to come out from that because you just can't take because there's going to be nothing else to talk about. Luckily, we have the NFL season, but yeah, if they would have lost. That would have been the whole story today. Not how good Alabama looked, not how good Minnesota looked or whatever, but how shit the Pac-12 is. <laughs> the Conference of Champions. Jesus Christ, dude. Look, I mean, can can you imagine if you know Oregon? If it was the opposite way, if Fresno State had a game-winning drive there at the end of the game, and then UCLA lost to LSU, it, I mean, we'd be even more of a laughing stock than like the national media already makes us out to be. Yes. And and the fact that people were hyping people were hyping up Oregon, they were hyping up USC, they were hyping up Washington, um, USC looked like. You know, okay, um, they might deserve the hype, which is, you know, a little annoying. But, but like, Oregon and Washington look terrible. So we're, fi- and, you know, finally for the first time in three or four years, Pac-12 is getting some, you know, um, excitement uh, from, you know, excitement nationally. Like, oh, these teams could be good. They could contend. It, it, yeah, well, looks like nothing's fucking changed from the last three years. I think the Pac-12 is still going to be a shit show. Um, I think I saw something out of the out of the 28. So college football playoff has been seven years now. Out of the 28 um, college football playoff spots, because you know, obviously four of them, we, we've gotten two. So we're, we're two for seven with, with sending a team. And that's, I think, been Washington both times because um, Oregon hasn't been good enough since uh, Chip Kelly was there and Marcus Mariota was the quarterback when they lost to Jameis Winston in the national championship. So, you know, we, we need we need some sort of spark to turn us around as a conference. And uh, we just, for football, we just keep keep giving more reason for for the national media to shit on the Pac-12 of his conference. Yeah, we just keep giving them ammunition, and I really thought this year was going to be a lot different, but it's not, and it looks like we'll have to wait for basketball season to uh, get everyone off our ass about the the Pac-12. But, you know, we'll still back the Pac, baby. We'll see. 
we'll still see what they can do. And uh, hey, if U of A can keep covering, that's all we're asking them. To Except do. for when it's ASU. Oh, you said we'll still back the pack, and I said except for when it's ASU. No, yeah, fuck ASU. We're not, we're not going down that, not going down that rabbit hole. There will um, never be a day in my life I cheer for those motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Can't blame you there. Can't blame you there. Um, but what do you say, Noah? Anything else um, for the DGens out there um, about Week One college football or anything you're look, excited, um, looking forward to for Week Two of college football, and of course the return of Week One. NFL football. Yeah, I mean, a couple of last notes. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, like I was talking about, um, Camp Randall at Wisconsin, jump around, one of the 10 coolest, like, things in, in college football traditions, like, hype things. Um, enter Sandman at Virginia yeah. Tech. Enter Sandman happened. And Virginia Tech, we both were hype on Virginia Tech to win that game. Uh, obviously, only a five and a half point favorite, so it's not like a super outlandish uh, take. But we both we both liked Virginia Tech to upset number ten North Carolina. Loved it. They did. Oh yeah. And enter Sandman with a full stadium at Virginia Tech. Oh my God, fucking, I love that. It's. it's um, no, that was yeah, that was great. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, other than that, um, I mean, the the only other game that, that really jumped out to me that we haven't talked about yet was Iowa and Indiana. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you got a That's number 17 versus 18 matchup here. Um, Iowa winning 34 to 6. And I, I believe I mentioned last week in our episode, I, uh, I liked, I think, I took Indiana to cover. And I said, I like that because Iowa won't score more than 20, 23 points in a game. Well, turns out when you have two pick sixes, I'm not admitting that I was wrong on that because their offense did not score more than that. They had two pick sixes, both by the same player, actually. Interesting enough. Um, you know, so they still put up their... 20 on offense. They put up 20. So I was not wrong about that, but I was surprised, you know, Michael Penix, obviously big expectations for him this season after Indiana's last season. Um, I do worry that that Indiana season last season was kind of a fluky um, one good year type of thing. Uh, we'll need more games to find that out, but Iowa looks like a, Iowa looks like a scary team, by the way, we got Iowa, Iowa state next week. That'll be an interesting game. That'll be fun. That'll be a Always fun is. game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Iowa-Indiana. I forgot about that game completely. Um, Iowa looks good, like you said. Iowa-Iowa State, going to be electric. Um, definitely one of the games I'm going to be uh, hunting for when I'm looking at some lines later this week. Um, but, yeah, um, I have nothing else on college football except for, thank God it's back. Thank, we're ba- thank God we're, we're in the best time of the year here. We have – college football back we have nfl back we're about to go into mlb postseason baseball um god it's a great time to be a sports fan and to be a dgen like us so we will be back next time covering dallas cowboys and the buccaneers that line moving from six and a half to eight up to eight at some point at some books now um that'll be 
interesting to see where that line moves uh, later on in the week. We will also cover the full slate of NFL football, our favorite games going into week two of college football, all of that and more on Degenerate Takes.